Coffee with Humans is live, candid conversations between strangers who become friends. Made possible with your support. Subscribe, share, and comment on your favorite platform. Get Coffee with Humans mugs and more. Links are at coffeewithhumans.com. Thanks for joining me. It's true. We are live here with Coffee with Humans with my new friend, Savannah. Savannah, welcome to Coffee with Humans. Hey, Jason. Thank you. Excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. And right before the broadcast, we were talking just a little bit about waking up early and getting into the groove. And I think I feel my body coming along for the ride now. My brain was engaged. Yeah, yeah I'm slowly getting there. You can see the size of my coffee cup, right? And it says it's a it gigantic says, coffee cup. And it says Feliz Navidad. I'm still in the oh. Christmas spirit. It's where we are right now. <laughs> are you okay? So you're in the Christmas spirit. Are you one of the folks who gets Christmas all year round? With little things. So the Christmas time really brings me joy, mostly because of the time you get to spend with friends and family. And so little things like this brighten my morning. I don't keep Christmas lights up. I've never had a real Christmas tree in my own house, and oh. still not there. But I, I, I'm not upset about it. I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. But this specifically is my one moment of Christmas that I have pretty much every morning. I'm, it's mostly the size of the coffee cup, if we're being honest. Though. That's, that's cool. I, I have my Coffee with Humans mug. Oh, I need that mug. That's a great mug. It's got your face on it. Look at that. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Uh, is it weird for you? I, I don't know. Like, you're still drinking that of your face, I guess. I'm getting used to it. <laughs> I'm getting used to it, but it did take a little bit of effort to be like, why am I drinking my face? I don't know. It was weird. Well, we've got some, we got some people listening. Hey, Brethand, I'm trying to read your username. Uh, welcome to Coffee with Humans. This is one of our viewers from Twitch. Hello. Twitch. Weird. The world is such an interesting place. All these platforms now that we can connect. And you and I are just having coffee, but we've got somebody off in the hinterlands watching our watching us have coffee. So you're, you take mementos or something from Christmas because it brings you joy throughout the year. I am actually one of those people who tends to leave Christmas lights up year round. Although I now, I have colored Christmas lights in my dining room. They go around a, they go around a window and then on the front and back porches, I've got white Christmas lights because I think they're just, they're beautiful. I, I like them. So it's not because you just don't want to take them down. It's because you that's actually want to keep them up. <laughs> it has nothing to do with laziness. Okay. Uh, it's just, I think they add something. They add a character, I think. And yeah, I think a little, a little touch of Christmas and the Christmas spirit, I think, is worth keeping around. I agree. I'm so I'm in North. We, we got to figure this out. We got to figure out where we're from. Because for our viewers and listeners, I just met Savannah uh, about 10 minutes ago. And that's what, what happens on Coffee with Humans. I've done no research. I, pe people register to, to come on Coffee with Humans, and then I get to, I have the honor of sitting down having coffee. So I don't know where you're from. So I'll go first. I'm from Northern Illinois. Where are you from? I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, people kind of stop saying that because, because I, because Nashville's, Nashville is cool. It has this cool kind of panache. And Northern Illinois is just, I'm from Illinois. Nobody's, oh, cool. I want to always visit there. Everything. <laughs> and when people say I'm from Nashville, they're like, oh, my gosh, I was there. I had such a great time. Or yeah. I want to go there. I've, so I've done a bit of traveling around the world. And every time I say I'm from Nashville, the two things people recognize from it are country music or Jack Daniels. And I would say the most interesting people are the ones who recognize Jack Daniels and 
There have been more than a couple times where people have said, I want to take a shot of Jack Daniels with a Nashvilleian. I'm like, okay. Oh, really? That's a thing? <laughs> that is a thing that has happened to me on multiple occasions. And you don't, you have to oblige, right? I'm not even, yeah. I, I, Jack Daniels is good. I'm just not a whiskey drinker. And so I was like, all right, I guess this is what we're doing tonight. This is how the night has turned. Well, that's so, fun. Yeah, no, it's entertaining. People are kind and generous. <laughs> and if they want to hear in that way, it's like coffee with humans, Jack Daniel with Nashvilleians. I don't know. For our viewers and listeners here in from Twitch, we are in the United States. So welcome. Savannah, I don't know if you knew that we were gonna we were gonna be broadcast around the world, but we've got hey, welcome Shay Nine. Yeah, that's exciting. Hey, thanks for watching. We are not off the coast of Europe. Just just so you know. I'd like to be. Exactly. Hey, maybe next time we could do it <laughs> off the coast of Europe. We, I, I don't know, like in Spain, like on the coast. Yeah, I could do a Spanish beach. That sounds fantastic. Oh that, much gosh. better than the rain that's happening outside right now here. Oh, you got rain too? Oh, yeah, I, know. I like rain. <laughs> I do most of the time. I just, my dog needs to walk in the morning and I can't walk her when it's raining. Mostly because I don't want to. Oh. I guess in theory I could. I, it's not. Oh, right. you totally can walk her when it's raining, but you won't. <laughs> my my daughter has a tiny dog. Cute, cute little. Oh, I always forget. It's like a Chihuahua type mix. And oh, see now that's sweet. <laughs> so, small dogs are the best. Yeah, I've, they really I've had are. bigger dogs in the past, but we've got a small dog, and she goes out back, and then the neighbors conveniently have gaps in their fence. And so she disappears for just a little while. I don't know what she's doing over there, but she does her thing and then poop, disappears next door. And I don't know, comes back at some point in time. Man, you got to wonder what dogs are thinking when they do all that. She, does, she doesn't leave my side. She won't run away. No. She just like runs in circles around the tree outside for energy. But she's 10 pounds, so she can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. So we've got a lot of viewers from Twitch this morning. That's a dog to our viewer from Twitch. Oh, sorry. That's what animal is that? That's a dog. <laughs> but we a don't, dog. don't worry, Shay. I won't show her again if it's right. taking me out. Don't worry. Shay is, is having difficulty here in the morning. Apologize for your PTSD. Just we'll have a dog warning next time. We'll be like, dog. And then you turn to the left. <laughs> there we go. Don't look at the screen. So when you first signed up, the system asked you a handful of questions, and we have a question in here about seal bites. Yes. And I don't know what people mean when they answer these questions. If you, if there was a chapter of your life, what would the chapter be called? And you said mosquito bites. And I looked at that and I thought, what is she talking about? Because uh, I don't know. Why, why mosquito bites? What's that mean to you? Yeah. So when I was about 12, I was standing in line at the airport with my mother getting on Southwest. You know how you have to stand in lines on Southwest to get yep. your seat. And there was this woman standing in front of me and she was saying for the book I was reading, she said, oh my gosh, if you like that book, you'll really like The Glass Castle by Danette Walls. And for some reason that really stuck with me. And I said, okay. I was an avid reader growing up. And the quote that really stuck with me the rest of my life so far has been, anyone who thinks he's too small to make a difference has never been bit by a mosquito. And that really stuck with me. I wanted to make a difference and I didn't know how. And you feel unable to really make the impact and you don't really know how to manifest your desires. And there's all these emotions. You're getting into your preteen years. 
And so I felt that, okay, if I can even make little tiny differences, that's really what I want to do. And not little annoying differences. Ideally, it's not the effect of a mosquito, right? You don't see me and jump into hives. Hopefully that would be awful and unfortunate. It would be awful. Would be awful and unfortunate. But I did think, okay, so how do you start making mosquito bite differences in your life? And so then when I graduated or when I applied for my university, went to the University of South Carolina and I said, how I, my essay, my entrance essay was, how do I want to make mosquito bite differences, right? Little, these little differences that aggregate into something bigger than myself or that, that allow me to make changes. And then I applied for the Peace Corps, same thing. I applied for grad school, same thing. I pulled these pieces of my life into what little differences. And I think that really allowed me to be grateful for what I have achieved and accomplished and recognizing that. And when I wrote the entrance essay to grad school specifically, I was sitting there being eaten alive by mosquitoes because I was living in Columbia, South America, and there were mosquitoes everywhere. And I wrote about the irony of the fact that maybe this was me. <laughs> like, I'm being bitten by mosquitoes. And I, the, I don't know. It was a fun, fun moment in my life. But yeah, so I think that's it. Just recognizing the small differences in the world and what you're able to do it, are your little mosquito bites of affecting life. And mosquito bites aren't great in the real world. I recognize to the chat's point of some of the diseases and sicknesses that real mosquitoes give. I hope not to spread those. I mean it more in the positive sense, but I appreciate your recognition. <laughs> so have there been particular times when that mosquito bite difference idea has come to your mind as you're going to, as you're maybe challenging yourself to go off and do something and wondering whether it's making a difference? Yeah, it absolutely has. I think what's funny is I don't think it's a preemptive thing so much as a post-recognition. For example, I started playing soccer with this little neighborhood kid when I was living in Columbia. He would and bring the soccer ball and we would just play in the plaza, right? And I'd, we were just playing soccer. But it wasn't until about a couple months into every week we would play soccer that I realized how much joy that brought me. I'm not a good soccer player. This is not something where I'm like, yes, I get to show my skills. It was the seven-year-old is showing me up. But I, I... I remember looking back, man, th that was a joyous moment. And that little boy made such an impact in just bringing smiles and being able to just feel accepted into a culture that I was new at. He was very forgiving of my Spanish. And so it's that kind of thing where you look back and say, wow, that really made an impact. And in the mo moment, I didn't necessarily recognize that was going to be as impactful as it was and being appreciative of it, you know? Yeah. It does seem to be true that there are things that stand out I know that, that there are things that have stood out from my life where people have made a difference and they maybe have not known it. I think teachers are an interesting, teachers are an interesting group of people because there is that whole like memorable teacher type of, and I have, I've got a memorable teacher. She was my first grade teacher, Mrs. Bertrand. And the one thing, and I'm not sure if this is true or not anymore, because, because as our memories fade, I'm what, 43 now. So I'm a little distanced from first grade, but I do seem to have a memory where apparently I got in trouble because I did not color within the lines on my paper. And so I didn't do a good job on my paper. Um, it was just coloring his first grade. And, and I remember, I seem to have a, I don't know, I recall being brought in and it was kind of like the teachers, I don't know what, what, whatever they do at the end of the report, you get your report card or whatever, and then they have Oh, parent-teacher conferences. That's what it was. And so I brought in, came in there, and I felt so bad that I had not colored within these lines, and I didn't do a good job on that paper, which was just to me. But she made things so fun and inviting to, to she had a song. We had this song about the caterpillar. I can't ever, cannot even remember what the caterpillar was. 
But it's something like with a caterpillar and the alphabet. I don't know. I have. I, I don't either. So, <laughs> so you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. But it, like she, her attitude, her, I don't know. She just made it. She made a great first year, first, first, what, year of school. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She made a first year of school difference for me. And I, she became a, I don't know, a teacher to kind of look up to through the years. Yeah. And then there are other teachers, which I don't recall them at all. I'd have to dig like really deep into my memory banks to even know that they existed, which is not nothing against them, but it's just like, sometimes right. there's that one person that connects with another person. And that I think is like that mosquito bite difference. Absolutely. I had, so it's, I can think of two teachers off the top of my head and granted there were more and I really really love school. And so a lot of my, I really connected with just a lot of teachers and I feel that my, I just grew up in a wonderful space with that. But I, my fourth grade teacher, Miss Nealon, I remember her pulling me aside. I was taller than all the boys. I like felt I was awkward. I was five foot in fourth grade. I was a tall kid and I was trying to figure out, I was really good at math, but I didn't want to be good at math. And I don't know why. And she sat, pulled me aside and said, Something along the lines of, you are a wonderful at math. You are smart. Don't ever be afraid of that, whether it's because you feel different. Because I felt different in so many ways. I just felt just big and tall. And I don't know, it really bothered me personally. And she said, don't be afraid to be different. Be a strong female. Be a leader in your community and just be you. And I just remember being like, oh my gosh, I can just be me. I don't have to do what other people think. They, you're trying to fit in fourth grade. And so I remember being like, oh my gosh, that was it was just impactful, that one little conversation. And then another one was my sophomore year, junior year of high school. I had the same Spanish teacher for three years. I went up to five age and I love Spanish. And he said, you're not the best at this. <laughs> But you are the most passionate. And one day that's going to click with you. And you just need to keep working at it and keep and maintain that passion. And it wasn't until three years later when I was living in Uruguay that passion even clicked and that my life went, oh my gosh, I can speak Spanish now. And it, it took that long. But I remember that conversation. You're like, just stick with it because it will click. And when it does, it will change your life. But I loved it. I liked the fact that he recognized that I wasn't the best and that he wasn't trying to no. say, here, it's just Savannah, you're not that, you're not that great at this. But you really like it, and that's more important to me. And I don't know, that was really impactful too. <laughs> I that re that resonates with me too. The the fact that someone would call out <laughs> the fact that you're not the best because it it seems to me, and I don't want to get all political, but the it seems to me that we have been or the world has been moving towards the everybody's great at everything. And I recall when I so I'm a singer. I'm a reasonably good singer. And, and I recall when I was growing up, like my mom, she loves me and it's really great. It's good. To, it's good to have that support. My dad loves me too, but my mom was, when I was doing legitimately a bad job in singing, cause I would like forget something, like I would make up words to the second verse or something. She would, she always be like, JC did such a great job. That's just like, oof. no, I didn't. That was terrible. I did bad, legit bad job. And I tended to, um, I, I grew up being a little suspect of people when they say, Hey, great job. I go, I don't know that you was it though. <laughs> exactly. Which was really interesting instead of being able to accept it. And I think there's something very valuable about just simply telling a person what the truth is or what their observation is in, in just the raw format, because then you can do something with that. Whereas if it's just, if it's just platitudes, people can't right. do anything with platitudes. You can't just whitewash this thing and say, Hey, great job. 
when it wasn't a good job because it doesn't offer that person any opportunity to doesn't offer that person any opportunity to correct that or like you did take it forward and say okay so i'm not the best at this but you know what i don't have to be the best at this because i really want to do it and then you can find i don't know you can find some energy to make it through it yeah and i think it's all about constructiveness and way in which something is delivered right like i don't want someone just to be blatant and rude and say you suck at X, Y, and Z. Oh, and by the way, I don't like X, Y, and Z about A, B, and Z about you. That's rough. But if it comes from a place of kindness and growth and that you're receptive to that feedback, I think it's fantastic. And you don't have to take everyone's feedback either, by the way. If someone says, Savannah, you look awful in green. I'm like, that's okay. I appreciate your opinion. I don't agree with it. And I'm going to keep wearing green. And that's a really small piece to that that does it matters where the criticism is coming from, how it's delivered. And the three examples you and I just gave were all based off of us doing something wrong and recognizing it and having somebody help us recognize it, coloring inside the lines, not wanting to be good at something I was good at, not being good at something I wanted to be good at. And in each instance, we had somebody come along and correct us and say, hey, let's look at it this way or let's think about it this way. Or, and I think that's really important because it means that you are receptive to that and we should be. That's how we grow. Platitudes, growth doesn't come from simple, like the simple things, right? Like growth comes from when you're really challenging yourself, whether it be personally, the world is challenging you. Sometimes the world just 2020, hello, like it challenged us all. And I think that's the moment when you really see the effect of all those mosquito bites, right? Is in those moments and periods of struggle and growth. And I live for those moments. So. Yeah. It's hard to, when you say you live for those, is it hard to, or or is that kind of just a habitual thing that you have accepted about your experience? I think I tend to put myself in situations that are outside of my comfort zone, not in a dangerous way per se, but I like to be the guinea pig. And I was, the, it was the guinea pig for the study abroad program in Uruguay, where I spent a year. I was, I like to be guinea pigs in certain situations. I started my own company and that was a guinea pig situation. I'd never done it before. And so all of that was challenging and hard. And so in those spaces, I need mentors and feedback and people. I, need, I rely on the help of opinions of others to help me grow as a person. And so when I say I live for, I don't, want my life to be unbelievably challenging and I'm not a glutton for punishment by any means, but I am somebody who consistently likes to look for opportunities of growth. And I just don't necessarily think opportunities of growth are found always when life is easy, if that makes sense. Or when someone's complacent, I guess complacency would be better. I don't wish a hard life on anybody, but it's all, it's also all relative. Yeah. I guess this is what works for me. I think it's a, I think it, uh, for me, it's a, the principles do is the best you can with what you have. Yeah. And don't be shy from, don't be shy about that. I had a, when it was around Christmas time that I was doing this special, I had this idea. I was like, I'm going to do this special coffee with humans thing where I'll sing songs and we'll talk about, <laughs> and I'll do poetry and stuff. As I, it was to, it was just this solo expedition into coffee with humans. And I actually, I was a little worried about it. I was talking to some, a friend of mine. Do you think it's on brand, brand, do you like, do you think it's weird? Am I, am I odd uh, for doing this? And, and it's, of course you're odd a little bit, but the, <laughs> but I was thinking about it and I thought, I just wanted to do it because I thought people would like it. I just right. wanted to make hanging Christmas lights or do you want to, you want to take a mug, a Christmas mug with you in the morning? Cause it makes you happy. It's okay. It makes me happy. I think it makes the world happy. Let's just do this thing. 
And I was driving down the road with my daughter and she's in her teens. And she said, she said, why are you doing that? And I said, I don't know. I like to sing. And I caught people watch coffee with humans. I, and I said, I'm good at it. Uh, so I want to do it. And she says, oh, humble little. And I was like, what? Wait a second. Hold on a minute. And I said, who told you that being, that saying that you're good at something is somehow not being humble? It's like, there are all sorts of things I'm terrible at, but if I can't own my strengths, I can't make them better. And if I can't own my weaknesses, I can't see those either. So just call, do with what you have, do the best you can with what you have. And if you do that, then that you have a chance of making that thing in your life better. But if right. it's, but if it's like, well, I can't, I can't say anything about it. I think too many times people back off of what they could do with their lives because they don't want to own the thing that they're great at. Yeah, I think that to, to your daughter's point of humility, I think we've sometimes taken humility and switched it to not celebrating ourselves. Celebration is important. Giving yourself the little wins of, hey, I did this today. There's actually, there's a book called Tiny Habits that a friend recommended to me. And Tiny Habits are all about creating these pieces of your life where I wake up every morning before I even make my coffee, I let out my dog. It's a no-brainer at this point. It's my tiny habit. But when you're starting habits and you're starting to want to grow or change, or I hate doing the dishes, I've started doing the dishes right when I finish my coffee. Won't do it today, but I'll try and continue my habit. But normally when I finish my coffee, I do my dishes. And that's a tiny habit that I've created. But when I started doing those habits, I had to dance. I literally had to stand in my kitchen and celebrate it because the ability to celebrate actually creates endorphins and this positivity in your brain. So I'm dancing going, I did the dishes, I did the dishes. And that really brought this positivity to something that I absolutely don't enjoy doing to the point where now I'm able to do it. And so to that point, if it's something you love, why not celebrate it even more? If I can celebrate doing the dishes, you can celebrate your singing. I really think celebrating our positive strengths is important because positivity and being positive about ourselves, if we can't be positive about ourselves, it's really hard to have an outward look as well. And we all have strengths. We're all different. And so that's the whole point, right? Do you sing? I don't sing. I really don't. <laughs> it's not a thing that I was, it's not my gift. Um, but I speak, do you speak Spanish, Jason? I did it. I did right after high school and then I never used it. It just went away. So right. now I know a couple Spanish words. That's, that's something that I celebrate about myself. I'm like, I speak Spanish. I love that fact. About, and I'm it's the first thing I want to tell people. I'm like, look what I can do because it's so fun. And I, it just means talking to more people. That's why I did it. But yeah. not the only reason, but I'd like to talk. I think it's, I think uh, also to your point of you uh, weren't the best at, you were, you were told you weren't the best at it but you immersed yourself in it, you used it. And then because you did that, now you carry forward that skill, which opens up new opportunities. And yeah. I think that's, you said you like to try new things, you like to be the guinea pig. How I would suppose, going on a limb here, I don't know, but I would suppose that some of these things that you've been guinea pig have stuck with you and you've expanded your horizons, your opportunities, because you just tried this something that, that you thought maybe no one else would try, or maybe people told you what are you doing why are you doing that i think part of what i like about guinea pig status is there's a lot less judgment in a space where nobody's done it before and for example going to uruguay and living there i got to explore and figure things out for my own there were there was this like road less traveled kind of thing or when i was a tech consultant i was on the very first launch of the specific software that they were doing and there was a lot it was a huge learning curve and the expectation was just we know that it's hard for you because we know that it's new and you're 
learning things as you go and you get to design and create and be that person. And then you get to help other people, which I think is really fun too, right? Being that reference to other people as they go through that journey saying, a friend of mine is about to move to Uruguay and I'm so excited for him. And he reaches out and says, hey, I'm moving there. Can you help? Can you connect me? Can you do this? And being that bridge and that connection with other people is so fun. And so I think that's part of why I like the guinea pig status too, is that I think it to be a reference for other people and make their journey a little bit easier if I can. Yeah, absolutely. Before we get it further to our viewers and listeners, Coffee with Humans is about strangers who have coffee. Just I've got my coffee here and you've got your coffee. Strangers who become friends. I met Savannah now 40 minutes ago. And I think you probably signed up probably two or three months ago at coffeewithhumans.com. And kudos to you for sticking it out. I know it is so far in advance and I don't know what to do about that, but I do these three times a week right now on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And sometimes I do them in between because people need to reschedule or whatever. But uh, thank you. Thank you so much to you, Savannah, for being here. And thanks to our viewers and listeners uh, sticking it out here too. So we are talking about mosquito bites, which was all, which was making a difference, making a little difference in the world. And there's a quote that comes to my mind from Catherine McHugh. McHugh, it's an Irish or Scottish, I don't know, one or the other. And the, I, the, she gave a great TED talk. It was one of the world's best TED talks I found. And she said, most of us don't take up nearly the space the universe intended for us. And I don't know what was happening at the time, but when I heard that, I was like, that is so true. We come into a space and then we're like, yeah, but I shouldn't do that. I should, shouldn't, I shouldn't expand my horizons. You in Spanish, you, you could have done nothing with it. You could have just, yeah. you could have been like me. You took three years. I took three years. I went to Honduras for two weeks and then came back and it slowly has, and you stepped into that and expanded, brought your full self to the moment, which then has paid dividends for you. So I think I just love that quote. Most of us don't take up nearly the space the universe intended for us. I, yeah, I think that's fantastic. And I think it's true in so many facets. And where, while Spanish might be the thing that I'm really proud of, there are plenty of places where I still need to grow and that I still need to occupy those spaces, put time and energy into expanding and learning where my self-imposed limits are. I think we self-impose our limits all the time. And why? Just why? And, and, and I don't have an answer. I do it. I know I'm sure everybody else does too. And if you don't, I'd love to learn how you've stopped <laughs> because that's something that's really hard for me. I, so I would love to hear if anybody's got advice on how to stop self-imposing limits, because that would be great. I'll give you my opinion on my own self-imposed limits. Most of yeah. my self-imposed limits come from not wanting to be seen. Really interesting considering you do coffee with humans. I know. <laughs> do you know how long it took me to get over that? It took me a long time to get over that. So I, so my natural tendency is to just go hide. I'm a, okay. I'm an ambivert. So I, I'm mostly intro, I'm, I'm leaning to the introverted side. So I need to have quiet time. I need to have space to think and less noise, the lights dim, that type of stuff. <laughs> I, that's my happy space. But because I started performing as a young kid and did a lot of theater and did a lot of music, I can do the extrovert thing very well. And I can work a room like nobody's business, but it just wears me down. I just get mm. more tired, more tired, more tired. And I genuinely love people. I love connection. I love to see people's lives change. And then I was, it was last year, it was in April of last year, when the pandemic was just starting to hit in the United States. And we're, we were just on lockdown, two, a month or two into lockdown, something like that. It really felt like it was almost palpable in the air that people were just becoming so 
disconnected and almost despondent. And I, I was going through some changes in my life at the time too. And I was just like, I refuse to let this take me down. I could feel myself being pulled, like almost like in walking, trying to walk through quicksand and say, oh, I just keep being pulled back. And I was like, I refuse. I will not live that way. And so I decided, I put a post on LinkedIn and said, hey, if, if anybody wants to have coffee, I'll have coffee with you. The only rule is no sales calls. And it just rolled off my tongue that way. I didn't give it any thought. And boom, off that one LinkedIn post, there were a handful of people who, who signed up. And then I've just slowly been adding on to it. And now we're 150 something episodes into this. And the... And people watch around the world. And it really was just birthed out of, hey, I'm just going to make it easy for people to connect. Just make it an easy place that if you just want to talk, let's talk. Because we try to be so many things, to, in our, it, for, particularly in our professional lives, we try to be so many things. And at the end of the day, we're just people. I hope the pandemic has taught us that, if nothing else, that even all of the constructs and stuff that we build our lives on and the way the economies work and all this other stuff, it's just made up. We just happen to function in the, in that, but it could change at any point in time. And we're still left with human to human contact. That's what we get. And let's use technology and make that human to contact. But I was afraid to put myself out there totally, absolutely, completely. Cause I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be seen. Like yeah. that's all. And I hear that. I, I like like at the end of the day, we are just all humans, right? And I think that grace is really important to give ourselves sometime in the pandemic. So my company started in the pandemic and, and it was my first time as a CEO and I was, my father is a serial entrepreneur and I grew up in the space. And so I was familiar with it. I had studied business in undergrad and I was talking to him about this specific legal question or something. And I go, I just don't, dad, I just don't know what to do. And he goes, in my 30 years of experience, and then he goes on to give his advice, which was fantastic advice. And I lean on him a lot in that space. And I had this revelation, Jason, of, oh my gosh, I don't have 30 years of life. So I can't expect myself and put myself on the same par as people who do and have 30 years of experience in a space I'm just now learning to be in and learning to give yourself grace and relying on the connection of other people to be able to help you when you don't feel like you can do it yourself is just so unbelievably critical. Um, and if anything, that's what I've learned in the pandemic is that ability to give us grace. Because when you do and you say, okay, I recognize this is happening. I'm okay with this happening. Now, how do I fix it? And how do I learn and grow from it? You get coffee with humans, right? You get something beautiful out of it because you've recognized where you're struggling and then done something about it and leveraged people and connections and the, your community to help you get there, which is really cool. And look what it's turned into. I bet this time last year, you would have never imagined. Yeah, I have no idea where it could go. I, the habit of relying on other people and asking questions, I think is a key habit. And it's not something I've been particularly good at. I've learned to become better at that. And I've got a friend, I've got a, a, a friend who has a cool podcast and, and she had been waffling on it for a long time. And I said, just do it. You got to do this now. When's the best time to plant a tree 20 years ago? When's the next best time today? And just do this. And it's her podcast has turned into something really cool too. And she will ask a question. She'll just be like, how do I do this? I'm like, and I'll just rattle off. Here's what it is. And then she'd be like, oh, I'm so stupid about this stuff. I'm just, and I was like, no, you're not. You're absolutely not. You're ignorant. You don't know. That's a fine. That's totally right. fine. But you're not stupid. You're actually super smart for just reaching out. And of all the people, the thousands of people who had an idea and never ran with it, you're among the tiny fraction of people who said, you know what? Screw it. 
I'm going to go ahead and do this thing. And you're super smart for relying on other people because the best way to know how to get someplace is to ask somebody who's been there before. And that is a process that I, it, it is just a habit that can be learned. And some people are habitually loner. I know what it's like to live that way. And then there are some people habitually asking people for assistance. And I think that's a better, to me, I think that's a better, better solution. Better way. I agree, but that's also my personal, I'm a 98% extrovert if on the Myers-Briggs. So are you? <laughs> yeah, like, if you want to talk about somebody who likes to go find questions to ask people, <laughs> I will intentionally like figure out questions so then I can ask somebody about it. I'm very much that way. And I, I enjoy that. I, I learn a lot and I learn a lot about what not to do too. Yeah. Um, which is good. I still make my own mistakes all the time, but there are mistakes that I've avoided because of learning what not to do from somebody else. And for that, I'm grateful. Yeah. Before the broadcast, I asked if you had a pad of paper and a pen. Uh, yes. How do you feel about playing a game? I love games. Let's do it. Okay. All right. We're going to play a game here, a game I like to call Whatchamadrot. Uh, I'm going to pull it up on the screen here. It is called Whatchamadrot, though. Uh, because that's what the name of the game is. I didn't just make it up. <laughs> so I like to call it its name. What's your draw? Here's how this is going to work. Uh, on the screen, there's going to pull a, I'm going to put a phrase. So this is just an example. Draw a frog sitting canoe headed for a waterfall. And then you and I are going to have one minute to draw this phrase on our pieces of paper. So I hope you get your paper ready. I got it ready. Uh, and I never professed to be good at drawing. It is not one of my top 10 skills, but... It's number 11, right, Jason? It's just like hiding right below. <laughs> exactly, but it's a close 11. <laughs> so after, after we've drawn, you and I will show our papers to the screen, and then you and I can vote. If our viewers or listeners care to vote on our drawings as well, you can pipe those into the chat. Perfect. Okay. Are you ready to rock ready. and roll on this? Oh my gosh, I am. Okay. Here we go. Draw a penguin playing hockey with a donkey. Oh my gosh, I want to see this in real life. <laughs> like the very image of that brings me joy. I don't know. I'm just secretly trying to distract you right now. Yeah, I'm sure you are. I've I'm good at not being distracted. I don't forget how the penguins are marked. They've got they got the little circle them. in their tummy. What? They have a little circle in their tummy, don't they? I don't know. Like a little, like a little tuxedo? Do they? I think so. All right, I'm curious to see what you end up there. And a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this is terrible. 10 seconds. Oh, it goes fast. Three, two, one. <laughs> okay. I like, oh, that, that got my adrenaline running, to be honest. <laughs> All right. So, draw a penguin playing hockey with a donkey because I suckered you into this game. I'll go first. Okay. Draw a penguin playing hockey with a donkey. Beautiful. <laughs> I'm being kind. 
I, yeah, I am being kind, Jason. I think your donkey needs some work. There you go. Constructive criticism. I don't, I don't even know what this, I don't, how would I, why? What, I don't know the, what does a donkey look like? A, a, a small horse or a large dog? I don't know. Both. Yes. <laughs> no offense to donkeys, but I don't know how to draw them. All right. Are you ready? Yes, Ella, bring it. What? Oh my gosh, that is great. And you're right, they do have the little circle in the middle, don't they? Yep. Where's <laughs> <laughs> his little hat, though? I like his hat. All right. All right, put yours to the screen so our viewers can see, can see both of them side by side. Wow, you definitely won that in all the ways. <laughs> I just really like your penguin's hat, though. That brings me joy. Is that I because penguins are black and white? So you wanted to put a little bit and make sure you were realistic about the color. It was because I couldn't remember how they were colored. So I started. <laughs> yes, I started putting a hat on him. I, it's not supposed to be a hat. It's supposed to be his body color. <laughs> I wow. feel like though with a minute, that was a lot of time spent coloring that in, right? There's a lot of time you dedicated to that little spot. It was, it was all right. Love it. I'm going to give you the win on that one. I will not argue with you there. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, there's this. Okay. So on this before, just before, quick, right, right, quick before you, and I'm reading about Quechua and spirituality in the Andean mountains. And there's this theory really learning. I'm very new at it. So I'm not an authority by any means, just clarifying that right now. But there's this one story that was told in this book that I'm reading. And it's about how in, in the West, we often will race to the finish line and then we'll declare a winner and that's the end of it. But in the, the spirituality of reciprocity, which is a really big thing for this group, there's a third stage, which is going back and saying, how can I help you also succeed in this? Like, how can I offer to help you draw a better donkey or anything like that? And in the spirit of that, Jason, I'd be happy to help in any way so that I can be reciprocal on that. But I, I think just knowing that a penguin has a little circle on the tummy is just going to go far and leave some bounds for you. So you'll, you'll be winning surely soon. That's, that's good feedback. Thank you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see if I can redeem myself on the second one here. Oh, we're doing another one. Okay. We got three of these. Oh my goodness. I used too much paper on the first one, but I'm ready. And we declare the winner. Okay. Draw a blank. I don't make these, okay? They're from the actual game. I don't even know. I'm done. I don't know. 30 seconds. <laughs> wow. Really gets your noggin moving, doesn't it? it yeah, this is it's an existential exercise, drawing a blank. What is the... I don't even get it. Blank. <laughs> Pens down. Okay. Oh. So should I go first this time? I think you should. Yes. Okay. So I, I drew two blanks because I wasn't sure which blank made sense. So I drew a square and it's blank in the middle. But then I also oh, said, wow. what the blank? And then people can fill in what they want. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's super creative. What the blank? That is really creative. That's much more creative than mine. Let's see it. Uh, if it's a blank piece of paper, you win. I don't uh, know how blanks oh. work on guns. I've never done any research on it. <laughs> but I feel it like looks, it's it looks like... accurate. 
<laughs> Come on. It, it, it doesn't just flop out the end. I wouldn't know. I genuinely have no idea whatsoever. So <laughs> I'm going to go with it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I love right. yours. What the blank is the icing on the cake. I expected the other one. The square. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the, what the blank, that was the level up. I got to give you that one. Who are you right. voting? I think we should make it a tie so that we can see who the people vote for. All right. All right. Here we go. If we have to draw another blank, though, I'm quitting. Draw a lollipop calling her mom on a sugar phone. Okay. Oh my gosh. Did someone sit down and create all of these? Yep. Char, I'm totally gonna take this one. This is fun. Blank looks like a balloon though. Yeah. Ten seconds. Three, two, one. <laughs> That was louder than the first time, I feel. Was it? Oh. I don't know. and I, Probably not, but it was just more startling. <laughs> Oops, I forgot her face. <laughs> That's okay. Who said lollipops need faces? Good point. All right, so draw a lollipop calling her mom on her sugar phone. I went above and beyond here. Mom! I like that your lollipop has hands and feet. That makes me really happy. What is that? A uh, rock, yep, rock candy phone. Oh, that's clever. I like that. Rock candy phone. I like that. So mine's your rock candy phone is the iPhone to my like Nokia. <laughs> it's two sugar cubes. Oh, so the flip. Come on, you do it too. That's good. Is it a flip phone? Is it a sugar cube flip phone? Yeah, but it's the one thing I do miss about phones nowadays is you can't angrily hang up on an iPhone. Like you don't get any satisfaction. So that sugar cube phone, she's probably mad at her mom and she's no. And then she closes it shut and it's just sugar goes everywhere. It's chaos. And that's really what I'm envisioning for the rest of the scene. <laughs> I was just having, when you were talking about that, I had a vision of her like somebody gets angry and just like, ah, throws the phone down, just shatters into a bunch mm -hmm. of pizza. Yeah. Right. Do you think? lollipops eat sugar like in this scenario okay so i'm gonna say that we if it's true that we are what we eat then lollipop um, sugar so they eat their phone that's weird right it's just it gets really weird really quickly i was thinking <laughs> of like people who spit when they talk which is all of us that we deny it or not we spit when we talk it gets down the sugar and then slowly starts like oozing and dripping down it gets all sticky mine the floating phone though right because she doesn't have any arms <laughs> I don't really know how yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I had to figure out how she was holding the phone. And so that's why I went with rock candy because she's got the little rock candy stick there. I miss, I miss rock candy. I haven't had rock candy in a long time. <laughs> Me neither. Did you ever make rock candy as a kid? No, I don't think we were allowed to. There wasn't a lot of sugar in my house growing up, so... No, but I've heard it's a lot of fun. I don't actually have you. Is, is it easy to make? I feel like that's something I, I should now explore now. I'm pretty certain I did it once at my 
when I was growing up and we didn't have a lot of sugar in our house either, but I do know that we did rock candy on the counter. Yeah. How does one make rock candy? Oh, I'm glad you asked. So in the spirit of, in this, you helped me out with my donkey and my penguin. I'll help you out with rock candy. Please. I really love that actually. Make some simple syrup. So you could do like one, one part sugar, one part water and heat it up. Don't overheat it, but just till it's dissolved. And then you take a, either a stick or a string. Some people do strings and you tie it. So if you put it on your cup, right? With a little stick across the top and then let the string hang down, then you just let that hang down in there. And over time, the sugar will crystallize on the string. And it just crystallizes like that? Just crystallizes. Wow. That's really cool. Pull it out. Man, science is so fun. That's really cool. I want to do that now. I don't know if I'd actually eat the rock candy, but my neighbor's three. He probably would. I might just make some and be the favorite neighbor for a while. <laughs> that would be super cool. My right? old neighbor, I, w- I went through a period of time uh, where I was making a lot of sourdough and mm-hmm. other neat things, and I had fresh sourdough. And I went to my older neighbor, she was 90 something, and I just wanted to make friends. And I was like, hey, hi, we across the fence. Uh, and I was like, do you have, do you like sourdough? She's like, I don't eat bread. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And it was one of those things where it was almost, <laughs> it's like in my hands, bread. She's like, I don't eat bread. I was like, mm, put it behind my back, walked in. And then I thought, okay, maybe she eats yogurt. And so I made fresh homemade yogurt, not just for her, but I was just making homemade <laughs> yogurt. And it makes a lot of yogurt. And I right. don't eat that much yogurt. And so I thought, I'll give her yogurt. And so I caught her outside and went, hey, good to see you again. Do you eat yogurt? <laughs> Which is, maybe that's my issue. Maybe it's so random. I don't know, but she was not happy about yogurt either. And I thought, okay, I'm out. I'm tapping out. What do I order? You tapped out? You guys. Yeah. I did. I did. When we first started work, I, when I first started working at my first job, I love baking and bringing things into an office. I baked 96 cupcakes over a weekend because I just was in a baking mood and I just really felt, and it was a big office. And so I brought 96 cupcakes over the course of two or three days. Everyone knew who I was. I was the cupcake girl. No one knew my name. But they knew that I brought cupcakes. And even like a year later, people were like, oh, you were the girl who brought cupcakes, right? I'm like, yeah, it's me. At least I'm known for something. I don't know. <laughs> Three different types awesome. of cupcakes, too. It was a red velvet, a zucchini bread wow. cupcake, and just like a typical vanilla for those who just want a little bit less flavor in life. You are. I good. like vanilla. That's good. I am. I recognize that about myself. It's a problem, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> It's a good problem to have. We are winding down at the end of our time on Coffee with Humans. Thanks to all of our viewers and listeners. And thanks to you, Savannah. This is really a fantastic time. And I actually am planning a trip into Nashville. There are a couple other folks who have been at Coffee with Humans. And so I've, I've got these, for whatever reason, they're pockets of people in cool place. Yeah. And Nashville's only six hours or seven hours. I don't know. It's, it's not that far away from my house. So I'm actually planning a trip into Nashville. So I'll let you know. Uh, when that's coming up and we can have a little get together. That would Uh, be fantastic. Coffee in person. Oh my goodness. It's like this novel concept that I'm really excited to start getting back to safely, but I'm excited. Remember when we used to go out? As an introvert, I'm kind of like, 
I could take it or leave it. But I do, I, there is something about going out, meeting face-to-face with people that I think is really precious. Precious is a weird word, but I think it is. It's remarkable and I, and, and it's an honor, I think, for people to be able to get together and share space. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. So you just, you let me know, Jason, I'll be here. Hopefully. <laughs> if I'm in town. I don't know. It'll, it'll, I'll let you know in advance. Perfect. People can follow up with you on your LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash in slash Savannah Cleveland. Savannah Cleveland, cool name, cool, lives in a cool place. And you, somebody had said that green doesn't look good on you, but I think green matches your hair. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, it also, I, I, my eyes are green, so it might've been a bad example, but I'm not going to get so close that you can see my eyes, but just know that I'm telling the truth. <laughs> I was about to be like, wait, no, I can't do that. That's weird. I can't do that on TV or podcast or whatever. Thank you so much for joining me and we'll catch all of our viewers and listeners next time on Coffee with Humans. Thank you so much, Jason. Thanks, everybody. One of the things I love about Coffee with Humans are the raw conversations I get to have meeting new people just like you. If you or someone you know should be on Coffee with Humans, go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember, the only rule is no sales calls. This has been Coffee with Humans. Subscribe to get updates or click to have coffee with me. Coffeewithhumans.com.